Assalamualaikum. May the peace that only God can give be upon you. Welcome to Radio Islam. I'm your host, Tariq Alameen, and we are broadcasting on WCEV 1450 AM, and we're streaming at WCEV1450.com. Now, if you're new to the Radio Islam family, we welcome you. Thanks for tuning in. Keep up with us on social media by following and liking our pages. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Radio Islam USA. And also take a moment to stop by RadioIslam.com. You can check out prior discussions, uh, get guest bios and info, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get yours at. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and tune in. Look for us at Radio Islam USA. All right, Radio Islam family. Uh, as many of you know, there was uh, a very important development that took place last week. The uh, United States House of Representatives, they passed, not just passed, but a resolution passed um, I mean, unanimously. There was one holdout, just one, uh, referring to the atrocities in, uh, against the Rohingya Muslims, uh, in Myanmar and Burma as a genocide. And this is a very important development. And it's uh, important also that we have someone here with us in studio who has been uh, part of the front line of advocacy uh, and uh, education and agitation around getting our elected officials to see that. And that is Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid. He is the president of the uh, of, of, uh, Sound Vision and founder as well as the head of the Burma Task Force. And we have him in studio because he was there. Uh, he was in D.C. last week when this resolution passed. So, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullah. Good to be at Radio Islam. Finally, I got some opportunity <laughs> to be here. It, it's a hard show to get on, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, what, what does this resolution mean uh, to you? Uh, this is a House Resolution 1091. Mm-hmm. Uh, it declares what is happening in Burma uh, towards Rohingya Muslim community a genocide. Mm -hmm. It also asks the Secretary of State to determine that, and it asks all the world to prevent and punish what is going on. Right. It's a bipartisan resolution. 394 people voted, congresspersons voted for it, one opposed, some were absent. Right. Um, this has been one of the four demands pushed forth by Burma Task Force USA, which I chair. Burma Task Force from the day one, which is 2012, determined that what's happening there is a textbook case of genocide, and it must be stopped. So mm -hmm. we have been working on it for a while, and we have several, several campaigns for that. Right. Good thing is that it is bipartisan resolution. Now, it is uh, only by House, it's not by Senate, a sense of the Congress. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has a huge weight because both sides uh, of the aisle are asking for it. But uh, Secretary of State need to determine that it's a genocide. And uh, then United States is one of the um, 149 countries which have signed uh, a genocide treaty, which came into being after the mass casualties of World War II, which included uh, Holocaust. Mm -hmm. 
so world together uh, came together deliberated together and decided never again to ensure never again and enshrine into international law they came up with this two page document uh, full name is i think convention against uh, genocide genocide prevention and punishment mm-hmm. uh, but it has taken us 6 years to say that and uh, but i'm glad that it said that uh, canada is the only other country uh, both uh, houses of their parliament have declared it a genocide Uh, but there is not a single other country french president did use the term genocide couple of time about it mm-hmm. but their assembly and officially it hasn't happened so the question is now that uh, <laughs> it is formally considered a genocide what is next uh, and i think that's that's really the question uh, considering that this came out of the house uh, that it is a bipartisan uh, effort but that we have not seen as of yet uh any response from our state department we've not seen a statement where it says uh where they're recognizing this as a genocide um how how optimistic are you that this will spur the state department um to to make that type of a statement state department has done something amazing um and uh, there have been report after report about what happened to refugees United Nations have 440 page long report by their fact finding mission which has never been done in the UN history 440 page but what the state department has done is that it spent 1.4 million dollars hire experts around the world and they did a thorough survey which essentially uh reaffirms what UN was saying mm-hmm. so United Nations <coughs> said it think but United States on state department intelligence research have determined uh, what has happened there but the logical conclusion of that is to uh, say it's a genocide right. that is not what they are saying and that's what the problem is mm-hmm. so we hope that they uh, fix and correct that problem and uh, not only i was in washington dc when vote was taking place but then i went to state department and spoke to their leadership that your own facts are telling you what it is and how long you're going to take so we are hopeful that they will not take too long but the issue is not the determination yes that was a first step in the issue of darfur in the issue of uh, ISIS vis-a-vis uh, Yazidi it didn't take them more than few weeks right but in this case well i'm sure it didn't take more than few weeks in terms of ISIS but i don't i think darfur took a little longer but in this case they have taken 6 years but now they need to on it and look back to the genocide uh, uh, treaty mm-hmm. that they have an obligation under the law to oppose genocide and try to prevent it genocide is still ongoing there are half a million people is still there uh, who are rohingya muslims but then there are a couple of million kachin and several million karen and they are all facing similar things so once burmese extremist buddhist army was through with rohingya muslim they aimed their guns at other people and kachin are essentially 60 90% of them are christians mm-hmm. um 
one of the things that comes to mind for me is this in this area of uh, of, of advocacy, av- advocacy. Excuse me. Um, how what what is the strategy uh, in going about this? Because this is obviously something that is taken uh, that takes time, and they're small wins, if you can call them that. Um, what is the the overall strategy uh, in in moving forward towards the eventual goal of bringing relief to the Rohingya? Um, and then after that, I want to, if you could get back into some of the your experience at the refugee camps in uh, Bangladesh, uh, that would really be helpful for our listeners who may not be as uh, knowledgeable about the subject. Um, there are, uh, you know, three million Rohingya people. Mm-hmm. And uh, out of those three million, uh, 2.5 million are out of country, out of Burma. They started leaving because this genocidal killing and wa- it comes in waves since 1978. Last year, more than 1.1 million people reached Bangladesh, but altogether outside Burma are 2.5 million people. Mm-hmm. And uh, <coughs> so they need to go back. They want to go back. Right. They're living in horrible conditions. Uh, I mean, in a room, say, I would say eight by eight, you'll find 10 people there. And they have, people are packed. And there's nothing but bamboo and plastic sheets. If fire starts, nobody can stop it. Because it's just connected to each other. It's an extremely dangerous situation. And bad for the environment also, because these people are giving rice and lentil and a couple of other things. Mm -hmm. They're not given any fuel. So they go, they used to go a mile away to cut the jungle. Every day they are cutting 12 football fields worth of a jungle. Wow. Because nobody is providing them any fuel. So now they have to go miles and miles away to bring fuel to cook their things. So it's a horrible condition people are living in. And they all are set that they, they, they want to go back to their homes. They're all set. So advocacy is important. Uh, the whole thing which has taken place, a genocide has been declared. You know, Muslim, these people are Muslim, Muslim in America, you know, Muslim ban and all that. This administration is by and large considered by many, including themselves probably anti-Muslim. Uh, but how we were able to achieve that? There are uh, two, three strategies in place. First, you convey, communicate probably what your message is. Second, you develop coalition across people. We have Buddhist, American Buddhists working with us. We have American uh, Christians, uh, evangelical Christian working with us. We have uh, Jewish people working with us. So we have a faith coalition which we have developed. But first step we took was Burma Task Force itself develop a coalition of 38 Muslim organizations. So this is one thing, a strategy. Mm-hmm. Second, communication, convey probably what you're looking for. And third, contact people. So we were able to mobilize. We had a campaign since 2012, give 10 minutes to stop genocide. Of course, it looks ridiculous. It's what are you going to do in 10 minutes to stop genocide? Right. Here we are, we spent uh, six years of our time, and my time is a volunteer time in this to try to stop this. So, uh, but when you give 10 minutes, we inform you every week, what can you do with that 10 minutes? And a lot of that includes uh, educating your congressperson, elected officers, and whatnot. And that has a huge role. 
that really benefited. I mean, that's why it is a bipartisan. And it's not only that, but we have four asks. One is to declare it's a genocide and invoke genocide treaty to prevent and punish. Mm -hmm. Second is that uh, put full sanctions on Burma, minus food and medicine, until they allow their own citizen by restoring their citizenship and provide them security. Yeah. Another call is don't let uh, 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 Bangladesh send these people back. So keep supporting Bangladesh. So U.S. initially was giving $30 million in aid to Rohingyas through uh, Bangladesh. Mm -hmm. Now they have given $400 million. Mm. This is just 10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes a week or 10 minutes a day. So this is called sovereign Islamic teaching or patience or endurance mm -hmm. that you keep working on it and you will see results. Yeah. Uh, and it does sound simple. Uh, 10 minutes. It sounds simple. It does. Yes. But uh, I think the, the more important point that you bring up is the, the endurance uh, because you've been, this has been ongoing since 2012. Yes. Right? Um, a lot of education, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, yeah. but people remain steady and keep calling. I think uh, what you mentioned is also really remarkable uh, considering our present administration, the fact that this type of bipartisan uh, resolution would be passed in today's uh, political climate that is definitely, yeah, I'll just say it, it's definitely anti-Islam, uh, anti anti-Muslim. Um, have you found in your experience in dealing with legislators that their sensitivity towards Islam, even though some might characterize uh, our national consciousness by our, uh, by our uh, admin presidential administration, do you find that there is a sensitivity towards Islam that maybe you, you, you would have been surprised or people might be surprised uh, is actually um, in place? Well, it's there, definitely. I mean, uh, you know how America voted and what type of rhetoric appealed to certain type of people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why you need to be smarter in developing your strategies, who you're approaching, how you're approaching, both Senate and House, both Foreign Relations Committee in a bipartisan way, unanimously mm -hmm. supported that. So it means you need to work in a way that it becomes nonpartisan. You don't go with the conflicting language. You don't go fighting. You go trying to educate. Mm -hmm. And I find uh, Americans, by and large, have fair sense of hearing. But when we dig into some trenches, political trenches, mm -hmm. uh, it becomes a little difficult. Mm -hmm. But once we are out of our trenches, we're touching each other, we're okay. So. Many people may or uh, I assume that there's a lot more education and awareness that needs to take uh, that needs to take place. Uh, you mentioned the citizenship of the Rohingya Muslims uh, that's been revoked, and this is with the uh, what is it the Citizenship Act? Uh, over 130 different ethnicities that are granted citizenship, and the Rohingya were one of those that were excluded, so their citizenship taken away from them. Uh, so not having an ability to advocate for themselves in our own country, not through the uh, legal or political uh, framework, um, how important is that now for people to realize their own political agency here in the United States? Rohingyas were always citizens. They always voted. Yeah. They always elected their own representatives. 
But they are indigenous people living in their ancestral land. They didn't come from anywhere. Right. Uh, so when we say restoration of citizenship, it's opposed to granting somebody who doesn't have a citizenship. Right. They, they were citizens. It was taken away by the pen. But some interpretation of the law says that law never changed. Law says once you're a citizen, you're always a citizen. Right. Policy change. In public policy, they declared, okay, you are no longer a uh, citizen. But law says that when you are a citizen, you are a citizen. All right, so the application. So, the application so yeah, so it's a p policy implementing that right. somehow came to oh, taking away the citizenship of people. Otherwise, they, they are living in their ancestral land. They didn't come from anywhere. Hmm. You know, I want to shift gears a moment. Um, we, we certainly know there's a lot more work ahead of us. Uh, with regard to the uh, Rohingya, but I want to shift gears for a moment because you're also extremely active uh, on behalf of the Uyghur um, Muslims. Uh, and this really just, it, it speaks to the anti-Muslim, anti-Islamic sentiment that's a global uh, problem that we're having. Could you talk a bit about that? Because I see there's a parallel between the Rohingya and the, the Uyghur. In January this year, almost a year now, I was doing a press conference at National Press Club. And a, uh, in, in a, one of the reporters happened to be not you know, a reporter, actually, was a, from a think tank. Mm -hmm. She asked me a question, what are the repercussions of the um, uh, world failing to stop the genocide of Rohingya? And I said, well, once they are through with them, they're going to attack Kachin Christians, who are 90% Christians in Myanmar. I also said that uh, India will take away citizenship of people because October 15, 2014, New York Times an editorial, Dangerous Alliances, plural, against Muslims. And they are talking about the extremist Buddhists talking to extremist Hindu in India. Guess what? India has ex is the only country in the world which has expelled Rohingyas uh, after being a refugee there. They have taken away the citizenship of 4 million people calling, guess what? Bengali. Mm. The same thing which uh, Burmese have been calling Rohingya people, although they have nothing to do with that. Right. The third impact of this is China. China has taken uh, 3 million of its citizens, Uyghur Muslim, into concentration camps. Mm -hmm. So so impact of not stopping genocide, impact of saying never again, but not meaning never again, is huge for the whole area. And more people and more uh, more uh, things like that are bound to happen, and that's why we we think it is critical uh, to force uh, uh, not only Burma to take its people back, but also uh, force China. China has been supporting uh, uh, Myanmar in its genocide of uh, Rohingya people, and now it itself is sort of committing a genocide. And in Assam, there is in Washington, D.C., a, a think tank called Genocide Watch. Mm -hmm. They have issued a genocide alert for India. Mm. Mm. Um, that, that's, that's huge to, to make that statement. Uh, this leads us into, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly, uh, Hindu. Yeah, then let's call it Hindu fascism. Hindu, yeah. It, it started out in 30s as influence of Italian and German fascism and Nazism. Mm -hmm. So they call it Hindutva, 
which yeah. essentially should be called Hindu fascism. Yeah, so Hindu uh, Nazis. Hindu basically. Nazism, Hindu fascism is the right. proper term, okay. which is the racial superiority mm-hmm. and inferiority of other people because of race or religion. Right. And I want to bring this back to uh, sabr, uh, to, to uh, constancy, to, to endurance, and the initial ask with regard to the Burma Task Force, that 10 minutes a week, um, because that's also going to be, I imagine that strategy is also going to be that transferred for these other issues that we're going to have to uh, to raise our voices for. Well, here's the exclusive for Burma Task Force, and uh, <laughs> and uh, which is being shared at Radio Islam here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Burma Task Force, uh, its uh, mother organization is J- Justice for All and Sound Vision. Yeah. We are actively thinking of evolving it into a broad-based human rights organization, concerned about human rights in America and concerned about human rights uh, in the world. And uh, so it is a thinking process, but we are taking up Uyghur issue. Actually, all morning, uh, last night and all morning, I have been working on developing uh, uh, strategies, how to help. For three months, uh, we have been talking and guiding uh, Uyghur Muslims uh, who in China uh, have been sent to internment camps with some call concentration camp. Mm-hmm. Yes, we more or less will be using this strategy that people use 10 minute or 15 minute a day or even in a week. Right. And they will have an impact. You know, I, I learned that from Amnesty International when I was going to University of Chicago. In a communist country, they sit here, four or five people, write a letter to some bozo in a communist country <laughs> and keep writing, keep writing, and keep writing, and that get, they get a person released just by writing letters. Mm. So, so what's wrong uh, in being persistent, uh, having some endurance, and a lot of patience? And all these three words, patience, endurance, uh, persistence, are the meaning of uh, the Quranic term sabr. Mm. Uh, Imam, can you tell us, uh, let the listeners know where they can go to get more information, where they can support, uh, because this endurance, it does require support. Uh, so where can folks go? Definitely, you can go to burmataskforce.org. Mm-hmm. That is burmataskforce.org. Or you can go genocide, sorry, stopgenocide.org. Okay. Stopgenocide.org. All right. Uh, Imam Abdul Malik Mujahid, chair of the Burma Task Force, founder and president of Sound Vision, um, as well as this program, Radio Islam. Uh, we thank you for taking the time. Thank you. Radio Islam should bring me often. <laughs> you know you got a, a, a anytime, uh, anytime you want to come here. <laughs> thank you. All right, Radio Islam family. We're going to take a short break, but we will be back in a minute. This is Radio Islam on WCEV 1450 AM. 